there is a course for a businesswoman that I took and today is the last day like the is the end of the course so we're celebrating it at my cafe so yes I'm excited <laughs> that's really great I'm like I feel so at home here it's a really nice street it's full of women yes. and it does really feel like a homey everybody's friendly everybody is nice You are listening to episode 15 of Stories from Palestine podcast. 15. Yes, 15 episodes. And more than 3,000 registered downloads, according to the statistics of Buzzsprout, my podcast host. It's really great to know that people are listening and very nice that people are sharing the podcast Obviously, I really enjoy when people send me personal messages on social media or through the email. Some friends even sent me messages on WhatsApp when they enjoy the podcast episode. So thank you for taking time to do that. And if you don't have a podcast player yet, I really advise you to download one. For example, Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, because this way you can easily find all the episodes. They're all in one place and very convenient. You can pause the episode whenever you want and then later return back to it. Now, maybe you can hear from my voice that I have a little cold. I started to have the cold just before my husband and I were supposed to go on a short holiday last week. Uh, just him and me, without the children, finally, after six years. So then I actually did a COVID test, my very first one. And I can say it wasn't very pleasant. Actually, it was pretty horrible. <laughs> that guy, he really put that long cotton bud very deep in my nose and started just pouring it around. And anyway, horrible. But uh, fortunately, the result of the test was negative. So we still went on a trip with my common cold. I decided that I did not want to cancel the trip. So we went for the weekend to Nazareth. That's Nasr in Arabic. And I actually recorded this episode there. And you will hear from my voice that I had a cold. But we had a great time. We discovered a side of Nazareth that we didn't know yet. So I hope you will enjoy listening to this episode. So this weekend, my husband and I took a, a trip to the north and we came to Nazareth and we stayed in a beautiful guest house called El Hakim Guest House. It's a very old building. The family that runs it is very friendly and very hospitable. We just had an enormous breakfast buffet. There was literally everything you can imagine. Fresh vegetables and fruits, all kinds of salads, hummus, full, baba ganoush, lebana, bread with zeytuzatar, omelette, scrambled egg, homemade cakes, coffee, tea, <laughs> all kinds of juices, drinks. So yeah, of course, after we finished the breakfast, the host said that we didn't eat enough, but <laughs> we are stuffed. We can't eat anymore. I'm going to ask the family to tell me a little bit about the history of this beautiful building and of this family guest house. 
I just wanted to tell the people who are listening to the podcast a little bit more about your guest house because it's such been such a wonderful stay here and we've had such an incredible breakfast. I even took some pictures to show to people. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about this guest house? How did it start? Is it, How is it a family guest house? Everything we need to know. Thank you for the warm uh, words we heard. You're always welcome. My name is Abir and uh, I am uh, one of the owners of this boutique hotel, Al-Hakim, after the family name. I used to be a school principal, junior high school in Nazareth, Al-Zahra Junior High School. And now I am helping my son with uh, managing the hotel. In fact, it's a very beautiful place and I can't be objective talking about it because I love the place so much. It's such a beautiful building, part of it since 1350 and the other part since 1870. It used to serve my father-in-law the late as carpentry and then accessories for carpenters and furniture shop. And then we got it as a heritage and we decided to make it boutique hotel with authentic Arabic food. And of course, the rooms and every place reminds the visitor, the guests of the ancient days of Nazareth. How long have you been open and uh, what? Where do most of your guests come from? We are open since 2015, and it's about five years ago. Most of our guests come from abroad as Christian groups for visiting the Holy Land or even individuals. And of course, we serve many of the guests from the country, Arabs and Jews who come to visit Nazareth. We get very positive energies from our guests and we love serving them. We enjoy being together uh, with our guests because it's such an intimate place where we can talk to them and they can tell us their stories and we tell them about the place. So it's really a special experience uh, staying in Nazareth at Al-Hakim Guesthouse. How did the COVID pandemic affect your work and your business here? Of course, uh, we are just the same as everybody else everywhere in the world, not only in Nazareth or in Palestine. We stopped working since uh, the 11th of March. We had a very few days working on uh, June, July, August, and now we are about to close again. So we are very in a very, very bad situation because uh, we love the place. We love the people to enjoy our place, but we can see nobody, no tourists, no even citizens from the country around can't come and visit us. So we are closed. It's been very strange for us as well, because we are, of course, local tourists. And we have now been able to visit sites without almost anybody else around, which is kind of an interesting experience. We've been not having to deal with other tourists and not being in any lines. But it is a little bit sad. My last question for you is, and maybe it's, I don't know if ever, anybody ever asked you this question before, but you are a Palestinian and you're a Palestinian Christian, but you live in what is now Israel. How did that affect your life? In fact, it's really, I, I think we are the most complicated 
most people in the world, uh, our life and our situation is very difficult to explain because we were grown up as uh, Palestinians and uh, our families, our homes, our traditions, our food, everything is uh, based on the Palestinian people and we are Palestinian people. And then uh, the Israeli state uh, came and we have to live with this situation. We, like being a school principal, I used to work with the state. I used to serve my pupils according to the laws. And it's a little bit complicated. Even I usually used to say that maybe we are the only place in the world that people don't have one day the same day off of the week together because many of us work uh, like with the state like on Sundays on the Saturdays some people are off others are on Fridays so even the family got kind of breakdown for the this uh, situation because the day for the family is very important to make a family to to make us very close to each other to live together to have our memories together but palestinian arabs inside the green line have this problem and many other problems like discrimination or, or kind of this uh, problems but mainly uh, we have to find a way through and we have to find our way to uh, make our careers and to succeed and to prove ourselves and of course to continue staying in the country. That's very important for us. Yes, I agree with you. Thank you very much. I want to say that the hospitality I've received here is outstanding. I am not surprised that you have such high rates on Booking.com and on TripAdvisor. I am going to leave my own review for you. <laughs> and uh, I'm still full from the breakfast yesterday, let alone from the one today. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're always welcome. And uh, Nazareth is a very welcoming place. The people love their, uh, the tourists and the guests that come to Nazareth. Please do come to Nazareth. We love it. <laughs> So we came to Nazareth, to this beautiful city. We've just explored it for only for a day. And uh, here we are with one of the owners of El Hakim Guesthouse. And he is actually a tour guide. So he knows everything about the city. So could you tell me a little bit about yourself, your name, uh, the background of your you as a tour guide? And then I really want to know, what is it that people come to see in Nazareth? And what is it that you think people should see in Nazareth that maybe the normal tourism doesn't show to people. Okay, welcome to Nazareth, the city of uh, the Annunciation. I am tourist guide. I am 10 years working with this kind of job that I like it. Before I worked in a bank, I was a banker for 30 years in bank discount in Nazareth. I retired. I studied tourist guide in Haifa University and I'm working with this It is not work, it is hobby. I like it because I like my country and there is a lot of things to say about our country. Why Nazareth? Nazareth is important for all the Christian world because it is the city of the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel annunciated Virgin Mary that she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Jesus born in Bethlehem and the Holy Family lived in Nazareth. The Holy Family is a poor family and Jesus used to help his father in his carpentry shop. Maybe it wasn't carpenter. It is maybe a mistake, the translation of the word in Greek. He had handicraft. 
But what is important doesn't matter what he was. It was important that they lived in poverty. And the Lord Jesus used to help his father in his workshop. And they lived in Nazareth for 30 years. And he rejected from Nazareth because the Jews of Nazareth, they waited to the Messiah. But for them, the Messiah must be from the dynasties of the Temple of Jerusalem, the leaders of the Jews, not the son of the carpenter. Jesus left Nazareth, he forced to leave Nazareth because, according to Luke 4, he rejected from Nazareth from Precipice Mountain and he left towards Capernaum beside the Lake of Galilee, northwest uh, side of the Lake of Galilee, not all the sides of the lake, not all the shores, because the Jews lived in Capernaum in the northwest side of the Lake of Galilee. And the Lord Jesus liked to live with his people. There is another kind of Jews in Capernaum. They accept Jesus and they follow Jesus. So Nazareth is important because the Lord Jesus lived in Nazareth. I say because I am I'm Nazarene and I like Nazareth. I say that Christianity started from Nazareth. For that, all the world looking to Nazareth as the city of the Annunciation. And what would be the, if people come to Nazareth, what would be the historical sites that they would visit? Where, where, where do you go? You are coming to Nazareth and you're walking around. What do you go to see? Before I answer your question, I want to say there is another side of Nazareth that it is the biggest Arab city in Israel. It is very important. The elite, the intellectual elite of the Arabs in Nazareth, because before 1948, all the intellectual elite, the political elite, the economical elite, left Palestine. There's many sides of this, why they left. Sometimes they're forced to leave, sometimes they escape. Depend on the circumstances. But we will say that they left the country. So in Nazareth, they stay in Nazareth. Because the importance of Nazareth for the Christian world, Arabs in Nazareth stay in Nazareth. And the Arabs from Haifa, from Jaffa, from uh, Acre, they are the elite, intellectual elite, they left. So the most important secondary school was in Nazareth. So from all the country. They came to study in Nazareth in the secondary school because it is the only secondary school in Nazareth. So let us say that the national pioneers after 1948 from Nazareth. So the question, the sites. There's two important sites in Nazareth. One, it is the Basilica of the Annunciation. It is built over the house of Virgin Mary where she received the Annunciation that she pregnant of the Holy, by the Holy Spirit. That church, it is a very beautiful church. It is not the first church to build over the house of the Virgin Mary. It's not house, it was a cave. And the new church, it's built uh, the year 1955 by the Franciscans who built it. The architect was Giovanni Muzio from Italy. The Franciscan wanted to build a very big church to show that it's really important, the Annunciation. Another church called St. Gabriel Church or Marysville Church or the Greek Orthodox Annunciation Church because according to the Proto-Evangelion of James, Virgin Mary used to draw the water from a well and then one day when she was drawing the water, collecting the water, appeared to her the angel Gabriel and told her she blessed among the women. And when she heard the voice, she ran away back to her home of fear. 
And there she received the annunciation that she pregnant for the first appearance to the angel Gabriel was beside the well. So the Orthodox believe that it is the beginning of the annunciation is there. So it is very beautiful. And it's a small church, it's a small church without statues, frescoes on the walls. It is small and beautiful. I like it because I am Orthodox, <laughs> Greek Orthodox. So the main churches, there is a synagogue, the synagogue of Nazareth where Jesus used to pray and study the Bible during the Sabbath. There is many question mark about this, it is the synagogue, or yes or no, but for us it is the synagogue where Jesus preached the people and read the scrolls of Isaiah. And from the synagogue of Nazareth, he ran away because the Jews wanted to throw him from the mountain that their city built on. And this is the Persepolis mountain. So the synagogue, the Greek Orthodox Annunciation Church, and the Catholic, the Basilica of the Annunciation. You can see the people of Nazareth. We are so kind. We help people. We are giving the tourists feeling that they are at, it is the home. This is the most important for us. I have to say that staying here for two days, I really feel at home. I feel welcomed and I feel appreciated. And you're taking so good care of us. And I think that anybody who wants to come to Nazareth, they should come and stay here. So I will drop the link of your guest house on my website and on the show notes of the podcast. And anybody who wants to come and stay here in Nazareth has to come to El Hakim guest house. It's a wonderful place. It's a second home. Thank you very much. نسيت انه في حدا منكم بحب هاي الصحون وتذكرت بعد ما عملت فيش مشاكل يسلموا لي I love your cafe and uh, I'm really glad that we found it. Last night we spent the night here in the hotel in Al Hakim guest house. And when we walk up the street here, the very narrow streets of Nazareth, we are passing by your cafe, but there's also a lot of other galleries. I wanted just to ask you, how did you start a cafe here? And what is the story of this street? This is called the, the Bride Street. The bride in the past, for sure, the bride used to come here to buy everything for the wedding. All of us are women here, open cafes and galleries. Luckily, it's still Bride Street. <laughs> We're trying to revive this street or, or the old city by opening our stores and shops here. We want people to come to the old city because it was closed since 2000. All the, the shops were closed for many, 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 many years. And we're finally decided to revive it and to open it again. What was the reason behind the closure? Because, I mean, this is the old city of Nazareth. This is the place where you would say all the tourists come, where everybody would hang out. What happened? So in, uh, before, the, like there was a project called 2000 Project. The government decided to make instructions in the old city. So the government gave money to the municipality. And they did instruction, but it took them more than five years. So uh, a lot of uh, workers and a lot of shops 
couldn't even enter to their shops. So and people stopped coming to the old city because it wasn't very safe. So all the shops went outside to the new city and the, most of the shops closed. When it's closed, it, we found a lot of... Uh, It became unsafe place, very dark, without lights, and a lot of drug dealers and drugs. And it was really, people were really scared to enter the old city. So by opening, especially ladies, especially women, by us women opening here is, well, and we're trying to change this idea and this stereotype that, no, it's safe and you can come here and feel comfortable. And it's, it's the people here are super nice. The locals are really amazing. So don't be afraid. It's beautiful. It's safe. Just come here and everyone will, will, will hug you <laughs> uh, by emotions. And, um, and there's a lot of interesting uh, stories behind every shop. Uh, what, was, what was it before? And it's a very, very beautiful place. That I, I always say it, the walls speaks. Yeah, I can feel that when I walk here. And I can see that also the women who open shops here, there are different kinds of shops. We have graphic designers, we have craft shops, we have embroidery. We have different kinds and different ages also. Yani, I'm 26, you have 24, uh, 40, 50, so it's very, very interesting. Can I ask you, what did you study before you started to work here? First, I worked in the in this business, in the restaurant business since I was 16. I studied tourism in the University of Haifa. I also work as a travel agent in Nazareth. I also have the cafe. So I have, you know, I have part-time job and the cafe. What if you, if there are listeners who've never been to Nazareth? We've heard already a little bit from another tour guide. He told us about the, you know, this, the churches that you should see and all the religious sites. Are there other things that you would say like, no, come on, when you come to Nazareth, there's more than just that? I'll probably say food, but uh, kind of everyone knows how the, how the Palestinian food is good. But when I travel everywhere, I travel around the world, I prefer to meet locals and and talk to them. And I think in the old city, it's not that hard to talk to people because it's a very open community. People still talk to each other. And, you know, it's just, it's, you, f you feel that it's a big family and it's like a very, very, very small neighborhood, even though it's really big. So um, I think r rather than food, you will meet a lot of great locals and buildings for sure. The buildings are very amazing, very old and very unique. So building local and food. And Nazareth is a mixed city, right? It's mixed Christians and Muslims. We don't have any uh, Israeli or Jews. So yes, it's mixed Christians and Muslims. Yeah, and can you say something about that? Because many people in the world, they think that Christians and Muslims, they don't get along. But I don't see any problem here in Nazareth. It's actually rude if you come to someone from Nazareth and ask them if they are Muslim or Christian. They won't accept it. Religion is is not something really important to us. Like, it's, it is important. People really believe, but we don't talk about it and we don't care if you're Muslim or Christian. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not on the table. And the good thing about Nazareth that everyone celebrates all the holidays, especially Christmas. Muslims and Christians celebrate the Christmas. You don't really feel that Muslims and Christians don't really get along. It's just... Yeah, and the Christmas uh, is coming up. I mean, we're already in November How do you see the Christmas this year with all the COVID pandemic? Well, I think that 
people in Nazareth really love Christmas. So I think the COVID won't really affect people celebrating. We will definitely celebrate. Even though if we don't have a huge Christmas market with, you know, with the stage, we will have small Christmas markets and in the streets, in the cafes. So we will celebrate it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I really, truly hope that you will be able to... Even maybe it's going to be nicer to have something small and cute. It's going to be different for sure. Definitely. Definitely different. Listen, you are working right now on uh, something I can see you set up in your cafe table. What's going to happen? There is a course for a businesswoman that I took. And today is the last uh, day, like the is the end of the course. So we're celebrating it at my cafe. So yes, I'm excited. <laughs> That's really great. I'm like... I feel so at home here. It's a really nice street. It's full of women. Yes. And it does really feel like uh, a homey. Everybody is friendly. Everybody is nice. So I advise everybody to come here. Amani, the last question. How can people find you on social media and when are you open? So in social media, on Instagram, Amani uh, Point uh, Cafe. Amani with I and Facebook also Amani Cafe and Google it's next to the Fawzi Azar hostel or antique hostel it's really if you got lost just ask people they are very friendly and they will help you for sure <laughs> and you're open every day but but Sunday every day but Sunday we used to open before the corona from 8 till 8 and now uh, we're, we're open for to go only but we will soon open again <laughs> inshallah inshallah thank you so much thank you very much amani <laughs> the neighbor of amani coffee shop is called graphic design gallery i'm going to go inside and see what is this place all about? Hello. This is a nice place. Can you tell me your name and what you do here? My name is Bana Haddad and I have a gallery here in the old city. I do graphic design mainly and graphic art, visual arts, digital paintings. And I present them here in, in this little shop. I see that you are using old photos i see a picture of of women palestinian women with the embroideries and they are wearing the water jars on their heads but then you did something what did you do with it it's a collage art it's mostly uh, experimental and like what you feel at that moment but i just love it's very typical here as well with mary as well and uh, the jars of water so i wanted to incorporate that as well and I just love the colors of the embroidery. And uh... and here on the top, that's very different. There is a photo of a person. I think it's a man. And there's lots of hands around him making his eyes black with coal. And, and then you have to explain me the rest. Because what is these things on top of his head? These things on top of his head are old eyeliner bottles. Like it's the old traditional eye makeup that women used to use. So this is uh, one of the collages that I made for a series of old Palestinian sayings and Arabic sayings that I made into collages to make them more presentable for the younger generation. And this one, you say it when there's good intentions, like putting on the makeup, but you end up blinding the person. So that's when you have good intentions, but you end up ruining it <laughs> with your good intentions. Can you say that in Arabic? Zina tankahilha aminaha. 
Wow. And here, there's another one. Uh, I'm going to try that in Arabic. Al-Kurt Ba'in Immo Ghazal. Ah, can you say, what does that mean? It's like every monkey in his mother's eyes looks like a gazelle or something beautiful. <laughs> so you took Arabic proverbs that are maybe not as much known anymore. And then with these new kind of technique, you can sort of bring them back to the younger generation. I got inspired from my grandma, obviously, and my mom. They used to tell us all these sayings and I wouldn't get them when I was younger. Well, now I'm older and I know uh, what they mean, but... You know, my younger sister doesn't. So I took it as an inspiration from there to put it into collage art. And I chose collage art because it's usually stuff that don't make sense that are put together. So I took that general thought and put it into the collage art. I really like it. I see a few more here. You know what? I'll take pictures and I'll put them on my website. Or do you have them somewhere available on the net? Instagram uh, at Lao Studio. So I'll put your Instagram on my uh, page and on the show notes of the podcast so people can see them there. It's really nice to see that there is this little corner because the room we're in is probably not more than three by four meters. Yeah. It reminds me of the size of the room that I rented when I was first a student when I was 18, 19 years old. Same yeah. size. But you did a great job. It looks very cute. And there is your artwork available here and so do you also do things on uh, on demand if people come to you like oh i need a logo or i need some design for a brochure or something of course i this is like i said mainly my main job uh, which is graphic design uh, publishing uh, uh, advertising all things with logo design branding so this is what i do and uh, i do that with customers and with the people who demand and this is like the the thing that This is the passion, <laughs> uh, the gallery here and the, um, the designs that I present. So anybody who listens to this podcast and needs a graphic designer can reach out to you. <laughs> Everything can be done online these yeah. days, so that's yeah. good. Thank you very much. Thank This you. is a very beautiful place. Thank you so much. Okay, so after we visited the the very nice art gallery, we just continued in the in the street, and there are so many nice little shops. There is tatris. There is people who are doing handmade artisan work, and I can't get into every shop because that would be too much time. But I just found this other art gallery where I went in, and it's full of beautiful art. I'll put some photos also on the website. I'm I'm just sitting here with the owner. Uh, can you tell me who you are and what you do and how did you get to start in this street here? My name is Sama, Sama Abuhanna. I studied visual communication in Tel Aviv and I came back to Nazareth the last summer. And then we started to work on this place. I started to, to frame all my uh, artistic works that I have made since like five years until now. I always wanted a place in the, in the old city to open for my own works as a studio, as a gallery, and we have a backyard here also that is meant to a lot of concerts to perform here. The idea was that at the 29th of each month, we're going to have a concert here, but because of Corona, it didn't work so much until now. We had only three concerts until now. How can you describe your own art? What inspires you? What are the materials you use? I use a lot of uh, mixed media, mostly like use photography and then try to intermediate with another media, so maybe the digital or uh, handmade stuff, uh, illustrations, graphics, calligraphy. I do also uh, Arabic calligraphy, especially for tattoos. 
I have a lot of feminist works that talks about uh, women in the Arab society. What would be your your message with that? If you say Arab women in society, what does it mean for you? I have a series of images that I criticize a lot of scenes that I see in the Arabic society about the women's status in the Arabic society. I talk about uh, sexual stuff. I talk about uh, chauvinism, all the violence that we have uh, for men against women. And how, how do local people perceive your artwork then? Because it's not easy for people, especially men in this case, to feel criticized. That's true, but I actually saw a lot of positive feedback until now. I don't know if people like, I know that people behind the walls, they talk about it and they argue about it. But uh, what I faced here in the, in the studio, a lot of people took it really positively. They encourage that kind of artwork. They want to see more about it, especially young, uh, the, the young age. They really enjoy like having people that are finally doing these kind of works. What would your ideal world look like for you as a Palestinian and as a woman? First of all, equality between men and women in all aspects, in all the aspects. And peace. As a Palestinian, we want to have the same rights between all of the people, all the religions, all the different type of social status. That's the beautiful message of your work. I'm going to look inside and take a few pictures. If people wanted to see your work, where can they find you? I have a page on Instagram, especially. I don't do Facebook that much. It's called 2SUDesign9. The gallery is called 29. So yeah, I have most of my works there. And I post about the performances that we have or might have in the future. I will post a link on my website and also in the show notes of the podcast and everybody can find your work there and maybe order online. Is there any chance for people to do that if they are abroad? I'm still working on it. Yeah, it's going to be in the future as a, online. I'm going to do online shopping. Super. Thank you very much for your time. It's time for Arabic with Louisa. Louisa, Papa and Mama went on a tour. How do you say tour or trip in Arabic? And uh, we spent our night in a hotel. How do you say hotel? Fundok. And then we went and did some shopping in shops. How do you say shop in Arabic? Dokan. And of course we had coffee in a nice coffee shop. How do you say coffee shop? Mahalka wa. Thanks, Louisa. Hadi, rehla. Rehla. What? Rehla. Rehla. Fundok. Fundok. Dukan. Dukan. Mahal kahwa. Mahal kahwa. Shukran hadi. Mahsalama. All the links to the guest house, the cafe, and the art galleries can be found on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. And of course, in the show notes of this podcast episode, which you can see if you are listening via a podcast player. 
don't hesitate to contact the people about their work. I am sure they would love to hear from you. Also, never hesitate to contact me. Send me a short message on Instagram, on Facebook, or an email. I mean, I really, really, really love hearing back from you. You can sign up for the mailing list so you get a weekly reminder. And very appreciated, of course, if you can support the podcast with a donation. Tourism here is still completely non-existent. So this is really the only source of income. And if you enjoy listening, then go to the website kofi.com, ko-fi.com slash stories from Palestine. And you can buy me a coffee or a falafel. And in this way, you can support the podcast. I will have the link on the website and in the show notes. By the way, I am working on an episode specially for Christmas to be recorded in Bethlehem. So this week we were in Nazareth, where Joseph and Mary were from, and then we will follow their path from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where they went, remember, from the Bible story for the Roman census. They had to get registered, and Mary eventually gave birth in Bethlehem. So stay tuned for that, and I hope you will listen again next week. Allah Makum. Allah